Recorded live. Hello? Hi, Heather. It's Jaylene here. I'm waiting for you to come on the line. So I will put myself on mute for a minute. And if you come back to this recording and hear silence for a few minutes, don't worry. There's more to come. Hello? Hello. Hi, Heather. This is. It's Jaylene here. How are you? Hi. Good. I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. You sound like a good Wisconsin girl. I'm a good uh, raised in Texas girl. So (laughs) So you have that southern accent. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm just like looking around at your photos again, just revisiting what I what I saw a couple of weeks ago when we first connected. Just okay, to kind of it, get a feeling for who you are. Was there any ones that you were looking at in particular that struck your eye? Well, the ones that struck my eye, I was looking I think it was on Instagram, you've got some photos of a walkway, like a stairway going up into a wooded area. There's like a little cabin that's yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty magic. That's pretty magic. And um, I was reading a little, oh, there's one here, like the mirrored lake. That's what I would call it. Um, okay, that one I'm not so sure about. <laughs> well, it's it's like you're looking over a lake or a pond or something like that. There's a perfect mirror image. Okay. Now. Yeah, yeah. So I was really, I was really drawn to that. This one of the little girl that's got the uh, that you got in black and white. And one of the shirts is purple. Adorable. Yeah. Adorable. So, so anyway, I was just looking at. Oh uh, yeah, here's the here's the pathway going up. Yeah, it's right there. So so you're. Um, how long have you been doing the photography now? Well, I've been working at it um, more diligently for the past, I'd say, five years. Um, I, I've i been taking photographs on and off my whole life, but I wound up um, buying one of the digital cameras, um, the, better, the Nikon cameras. Um, I shot with film before that, and then um, I had gotten to digital about five years ago, and I won a, a photo contest, and that kind of, you know, uh, inspired me to to progress a little bit more. So I've been working at it. It's nothing that I make um, an income at at this point in time, but um, but it's been since since um, 
the end of 2009 that I started taking it pretty seriously. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So so you found your passion. Now you're trying to find a way to make a living doing your passion? Yes, yes. I do not make a living um, with my passion at all. My passion is photography, and, and I've gotten more into writing. I've done that a little bit on and off, a lot more when I was younger. Um, but uh, some in the creative arts or creative arts for healing is kind of what I like um, as well. And um, I haven't found a space to, to to activate that yet, to make it into making a living or a source of income or something like that. Yeah. How do you make your living right now? What does your life look like? Are um, Do you have like a regular job or... Are you a trust yeah. fund baby or <laughs> I wish I was a trust fund baby in a way. And not not exactly because, you know, I've worked really hard my whole life and, and I don't know how those are, but um I wish I had it easier. I um I've been self employed my almost my whole life. Um Wow. I um uh, I mean I worked in uh the library when I was in school. Mm-hmm. And that was that was my job. But my parents owned a cleaning business and I inherited um, my mom didn't pass away, but she she gave me her cleaning business after uh, my parents split up, and uh, she was supposed to leave um, the state actually, but she wound up taking a few years off, and and I uh, I've been working self-employed, and I had a a little bit with my brother. We did a little bit with some employees, and that and that was um with it's cleaning house cleaning. So I've been cleaning houses since I was uh well before I was eighteen, but on my own since I was 18, and I'm 41 right now. Okay. And do you like doing that? No. Do you make a I, decent living? Or how does it work for you? Um, I, I'm not, I mean, it's okay. Um, I'm used to it, um, but I'm tired of it. I'm done with it. It served its purpose for me is how I feel. It gave me the flexibility and I love being self-employed. That's one part that I do love. And it gave me the flexibility because I did take care of my grandma uh, most of her life, and she passed away a couple of years ago. Um, so it gave me some flexibility. And there, on and off, I've made decent money. Uh, right now, for the past year, things have been really slow. So I'm struggling a lot with, with income-wise right now. Um a lot of people either moving away or, or um, don't need the service anymore for various reasons in their life, and it's been uh, a struggle to pick up some new jobs, which in the past I really haven't had that much of a problem. It's all pretty much word of mouth for me, um, but I've, uh, I haven't done a whole lot of advertising. I've handed out some flyers and things, but right now I'm kind of stuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so so the income-wise is not really good for me. I see this past year I struggled on and off with my health a little bit. And, um, and What's that your health help. challenges? What's that? What's your health challenges? I have fibromyalgia. Oh, okay. I don't know. If, I don't know if you're familiar with that at all, but um, I am. Okay. Well, I've had that. I'd say most of my life, but um, I got diagnosed. Oh, probably. Let's see. I early twenties, and um, it's fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, and it's gotten better. It's gotten worse over the years, and I went through. Um, I don't know. They called something like a healing crisis last year, and oddly enough, that's when I did a lot of my writing. Um, when I was healing from that, but I, I had to take off of work last summer 
and again earlier this year a little bit because I was struggling so much with the the fatigue and the fibromyalgia and and, uh, my immune system. So um, hopefully I'm on the upswing of that and I can stay healthy, but I'm, I'm still working on my health. Yeah, well, that's that's really interesting. I find it fascinating because um, it, um, on, on my background, I started off at a completely different um, job, <laughs> a, a totally different imprint for job um, right out of high school. I, I became a restaurant manager because that's what my dad did. My dad brought me into restaurants when I, I was working in them when I was 12 years old and I knew him inside and out and by the time I was 21, I was running a restaurant with like 50 employees and uh, assistant managers and things like that, doing a million dollars a year. And I'm 51, so uh, that was that was in a day when when women didn't have managerial positions like that. And then I made the shift in my 30s to follow my dream, which was to lead the comfy comfy life of uh, salary and plus angst of, of the restaurant business behind and then go into publishing, which was my dream. And I wanted to be a published writer. That was my motivation initially. Um, but that was like the universe giving me the wink, wink, oh, okay, we'll let her pretend like she's going to be a freaking writer. But, you know, that's that's really not part of the plan. So just, just get her in the door. So I, I worked on the inside at publishing for 10 years and, and became associate publisher of a house here in, in Tulsa. And then I migrated to one-on-one helping people. And when I migrated to one-on-one helping people, which is bringing me to the point right now, um, I did these things with people that I called an immersion, which was we would stay together for like five to seven days and just really drill into whatever it was that that person wanted to bring out in the world. It always, without fail, involved some kind of crisis in the middle of it. And... um, you know, at first it really freaked me out because I thought maybe I'd done something wrong because they were going into crisis. But what happens when people go into that crisis mode is all the stuff that's on them that says that they can't or that they can't, that they're going to do a good job, that they're full of shit, that they shouldn't even be saying anything, it all melts away when you go through that crisis. And then you can just start to, to share what it is. And it always became so eloquent. Uh, so I have a great respect for the for the writer in crisis because brilliant things have been written in crisis. It's good. Okay, yeah, that, I, this is what I've been hearing from from other people. So um, I hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So awesome. So now here you are talking with me, and you've got your feet in the water in photography. And that hasn't quite turned into a business, but it looks like you're doing some things when I'm looking here on Facebook. You're doing some portraits with like senior pictures or something like that. Yeah, I've done a few. I have not done a lot. The opportunities just haven't been there. I mean, it's mostly I've done an offer family and friends, and I'm sure that's how most people do start. Um, so I've done some family, uh, por- I've done some family portraits for people that I know and um and I've done some senior photography um, a few, at least a few times. I can't remember exactly how many times, but I did just do it for my nephew recently. So, um, mm-hmm. and, and I have uh, somebody else who's going to want uh, senior portraits coming up uh, later this year and some family portraits. So that hasn't turned into a business. You know, I thought in the beginning um, I was going to switch out 
the cleaning into portrait photography and I do like it. Last year, and I think it was what I was going through, it, I figured out that wasn't where my heart was at. And I, I still love the, the landscape and the fine art photography. That's kind of what I'm, I'm used to. Um, I do love bringing out the portrait photography, but um, I wasn't going to go that route. And then I had a second thought on I'm going to need to supplement my income somehow, so maybe I could do more of that. It's just not always available to me and, and how to get that business. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. I have another client that I've worked with, and I've been working with her since, I think, like 2007, and her name is Melissa Harris, and uh, she's on Facebook. If you look up Melissa Harris Art, you'll you'll find her, but she she's done um, a lot of quite amazing things. She was a Fulbright Scholar, and she went over to France and studied painting and you know, had to do these portraits and all this yada yada um, that she didn't really want to do when she was like wanting to go in a completely different direction. Um, so she's found a way to create a business out of doing the art that she loves. And she does that, um, she did that by creating her own publishing company. And so she published greeting cards of her paintings and um posters and then she made candles and then she got with me and we made card decks and then we made a book actually we've made two together so far and then we did a calendar so it's like she keeps it uh, she keeps doing these things where she can do what she loves which is she just loves to paint that's all she really thinks about all the time well painting and men she loves men too <laughs> okay <laughs> Is he telling you that herself? I don't feel like I'm divulging any great secrets. Yeah. But, uh, but she found a way to do that, and uh, she's also very psychic. And so she does these things. This is like her, her, her thing. She has these things called spirit essence portraits. And so she'll sit down and she'll do like an intuitive reading on someone and then draw the things around them that she sees happening. So it, uh, like there's one called a guided journey where uh, where it's a woman on a boat all by herself and she looks very elegant but she's out in the water all by herself in a boat. Um, she did one of me that she, that she calls uh, Dreams Come True that I was underneath this great big huge cypress tree, you know, feeling very small against everything else but, you know, just symbolic of the dreams I have are pretty grand. But, you know, the point about Melissa is that she made a, a way to where she could create a business model around her where she got to do what she loved, but she'd still give the marketplace something that they were willing to buy that would generate income for so she could do what she loves. Right. So That's anyway, what I would love to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if maybe sometime you could go to uh, one of her workshops. If you go to Melissa Harris. Uh, art. Um, you can sign up for a mailing list, and she's all the time traveling this place and that place. And I think Eric even got to meet her. Um, we were all in Ohio two years ago, and Melissa had a, a booth at the show that we went to in Ohio. But she's all the time all over the place and um, having things go on. But it'd be really good if you did a workshop with her sometime and just kind of um, got an idea of how she's done what she's done. Yes, that's what I'm looking for, other people who's um, done something like that that, I, that would be of interest to me to 
to do what you love and still make a living at it. And um, so is she out of Tennessee then, or where is she? No, she's out of Woodstock, New York. She lives in Woodstock, New York. Oh, the people I work with are okay. I don't work with. I only work with one person from Oklahoma. Oh, okay, you're from Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah, I'm in Oklahoma right now. I I only work with one person from Oklahoma, and the rest of my people are just all over the place. Okay. Yeah. So like Eric and I, we work together once a week at least, and um, you know he's he's up there in Milwaukee, so or or wherever it is in Wisconsin. And yeah. um, and so we just work by phone together and by email, and it, and it works really good. So um, how's your Etsy shop working for you? Um, I've sold some photos, not a ton of them. Um, I sold, I don't, I don't remember exactly how many this year. Um, I mean, it's, it's less than 10. I've had it up for a while. Um, I get um, people who are interested, like they favorite the photos and um, they share the photos and things like that. It just hasn't progressed into a huge income, but there's been a few sales on there. I, I like it because it's easy to use and it's easy to put some of my stuff out there. Um, it just doesn't progress into a lot of sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's probably because, you know, I think with where you're at right now, because, like, these flower pictures, I mean, all of them are beautiful. Waterfalls are quite stunning. Um, as well, I'm looking at your Etsy shop right now. Um, so, so anyway, I think you're finding your, your identity as a photographer, but what you're seeking right now, and I think the reason that you're talking with me, is you're seeking to marry your ability to capture a moment with word. Right. right. And Yes, I've done some of that. Um, I don't put it out there. <laughs> I haven't put it out there yet. Um, I have, I've, I've put one out there, actually, that I have a poem um, on one of my, fo- one of my moon photos. Um, I have a few of them, not too many. I have some, a lot of poetry written um, that could probably go with my photos, but I haven't, I haven't done both, um, like, religiously as of trying to work specifically on, on that. But that is something um, that I love. I've done a little bit on my blogs. I've written a couple blogs that go with words and photography. Um, but that would be something I'd be interested in. Okay, so marrying photo and image with words. And the kind of words that you want to marry with it are what kind of words? What do you want to do with it? Do you want to cause people to contemplate? That's what I like to do when I write. Um, I don't like to give them, you know, quote-unquote answers. I like to get them to start thinking. Uh, other people with, with poetry, they want to shock. You know, they just really get off on that, you know. So it's like, what do you want your words to do? Why do you want to give words? Uh, I want to touch people, uh, touch people's hearts and souls. Um, basically, very soulful is what I like. Um, um, I like to stay in touch with. It's the mind, body, spirit, soul for me. So um, something that can either create healing, uh, create somebody to think, uh, think on a deeper level. Um, it doesn't have to be too intricate all the time. Um, it could be something simple, but something heartfelt. Um, I love nature um, a lot, so something to do with nature. Um, it kind of just whatever comes to me. I'm not really into the shock value. 
so much uh, more mm-hmm. of the loving, loving, caring, um, something special, um, something from the soul, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like your angel shots, too. Those are some of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, I work with a lot of different people who have angelic messages. So those those are interesting. So where do you find your sculptures? Those are all from cemeteries. I find a lot of peace in cemeteries. I love old cemeteries. We have um, a few here in Milwaukee that I've been mm-hmm. to, and um, and that that's I love to photograph different angles and different lighting and. I have my favorite angels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see. You're always looking from below to above. Usually. <laughs> I do I do love that. <laughs> I love yeah. that angle. I love that angle too. That's that's really good. It's really good. Yeah, I only see well the only one I see right here is this ethereal still life. Um where you're looking straight on. But this this one angel that you're looking at, she's a very muddy angel. She looks muddy. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of questions do you have about publishing? Kind of talking about what you like to do, but now I want to know, what do you want to know about publishing? What's your What's your big question about it? I don't know much about publishing at all. I don't know what you can walk me through. Um, I don't know how I would even get started if I had a book or, well, I mean, if I had something written, um, I want to turn it into a book. Um, Like, how does that work? How do uh, publishers um, wind up accepting you? I know some people get denied. Um, And like I had mentioned in the email, I'm not sure about the big companies publishing companies versus the smaller companies versus self-publishing. I just wasn't sure. I have a lot of questions, I guess, but I don't know what the big big question is. Um, I don't know what that would be uh, specifically. Just, I don't know how to even get started or how is it, does it cost money to get started or does somebody just decide to work with you? Do you you need an agent? Um, These are some things that people have asked me as well that I wrote mm-hmm. down, um, you know, with, okay. the, with the copy, copyright and um, keeping your rights and not losing your rights. There's a lot, of, a lot of things that I've thought about when it comes to publishing that I'm just not familiar with. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to set my computer aside and, and put on this, this part of my hat. Um, okay. So, so publishing in general, okay, uh, has made a lot of transitions in the last 150 years. The biggest transition that's happened in the last 150 years was um, an author actually starting to make royalties versus someone being paid for work up front. And so um, then in the 1950s, they started having this thing in publishing that they call returns. And that's because there there started to be this glut in the marketplace of of work, uh, you know, like the dime store novels kind of thing. Uh, mass market titles started to come into interview, and when they did that, um, the booksellers were making a risk buying the book, so they decided that they would uh, do this thing called returns, so there's never a final sale at a bookstore. That created some havoc, and then in the last 
oh, I, I really think it's been in the last 10 years that as self-publishing has become a viable option for people, the whole thing's gotten cloudy and murky. So publishing today is like a moving target. There's not an exact rule as far as if someone seeks you out or not. Because I could see you, you know, like going to a couple of shows and showing your art at a specific show. So let's say that, that you've, got a, um, you've got a booth at um, like the Whole Life Expo in New York City and you were showing some of your, your uh, pictures of angels there and you ran into like Dorian Virtue or someone like that that was already well out into the marketplace and they said, oh, I want to use your photographs in my next book. And you say, oh, that would be so cool. Let's, you know, let's work that out. And you say, oh, by the way, I've got some stories that go along with these angels. And can we put those in the book too? And they say, sure. And then all of a sudden you're like super duper famous and everyone wants to use your art. Okay, so that's like one way that you could go about it. Um, It's just being in the right place at the right time and riding on someone's coattails. Do you follow me? Yes, I do. I get that. (laughs) Okay. So uh, anything that you can do to be out about beyond social media, the the thing about Facebook that I see in particular with photography is that photography used to be this, oh, my gosh, it's so rare that you see a this or you see a that. You see so much photography on Facebook, don't you? Yes. So it becomes more mundane. And then that challenges the photographer to take their photography another level. So they go, well, screw you. I'm not like everybody else. I've got a different, quote, unquote, from Heather Angle, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> so, so you've got to put yourself in some places where people are going to find you where they're not scrolling through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of images. You know, there's other stock houses that are online right now that if you want it to, um, you know, start to generate some income and see people are interested in some of your landscapes in particular, you know, you could look into some like, um, there's royalty, uh, it's called 123rf.com. And you should write that down. 123, what was the last part? R-F. S or F? F is in Frank. Ralph okay. Frank. One, okay. two, three, RF.com. And what, what that is, is it's a website that has photography by lots of different people that people go in and they buy the rights to be able to use the photography on their website or in a card that they're creating or in an advertising campaign. Um, but it puts your work out there. Uh, there's some other sites like Shutterstock. Have you heard of these? I've heard of Shutterstock. Um, I didn't know um, if I should go that route or not. I didn't know if that would be a viable income or um, I'm kind of, I get skeptical once in a while on what to do and I didn't know how it was with your rights and if you wind up, you know, losing your rights or how that was about the giving up your rights to certain photos. I wasn't sure how that all worked. Yeah. Um, I think that you should give up your rights to some of your photos to get your name out there. Okay. But 
select which ones you want to do that with. Don't give up the climb that is too brilliant of an image. <laughs> yeah, you that know? one that one people have I wrote a blog on that. That's really that one's really special to me. I had it used in a I did a fashion show for rescue dogs not that long ago and they chose that as the backdrop uh, to represent me and, and nature. So basically me and nature, um, that's kind of what I like to represent and that's those are special ones. And the angels, you know, I love the angels. I probably have some that I could give up. Um, there's certain ones I wouldn't want to give up the rights. When you give up the rights, that means that you can't use that photo ever again. Is that correct? No, you can, st- you can, you can write into your contract, your rights agreement, anything. Most of the time, um, you're going to go a couple of different ways with your agreements on your photography. One way is to where you license it to someone else and, and they have they have rights to be able to have it exclusively, okay? So like, for example, um, at Council Oak, we bought rights from a photographer named Tony Stromberg, um, and we bought those rights in, like, 2003 to use in a book called Conversations with Horse. And we chose Tony Stromberg because what we wanted for the book Conversations with Horse was photography that showed horses unbridled and free and not in fences. I didn't want them in fences at all. And I didn't want them wearing bridles. And, and I didn't want them with saddles and, you know, all that other kind of crap on them. I wanted them, like, wild and raw. So we paid him so much per image and uh, wrote an agreement with him that we could use those images in the book. And then should we sell subsidiary rights, which would be like um, maybe Andrews McNeil or someone like that came to us and wanted to use those images in a calendar that they called Conversations with Horse and have those pictures of the horses along with, um, you know, a, a line or two, a quote from the book, that we had the rights to be able to do that. So we wrote up that agreement that way. And then there's other kinds of agreements where you've got some more uh, generic photos that you put on to 123rf.com or you put on Shutterstock and you just see what happens. It doesn't hurt to see what happens. Okay. And there's always an end to every agreement. So so then... um... If you license the rights where you have the rights to use it exclusively, um, that means that you can use it in any way you want to, but is the photo- photographer still able to use it? Um, would I be able to use it still like to, to sell it as a photo or to put it up in shows or to use it um, probably, well, not use it in a book. If you use it in a book, you can't use it in another book. Is that how that goes? Well, we, we uh, like with Conversations with Horse, we got the right so no one else could use it in book form. On the specific photos that we purchased from him, no one else could put that in, into a book. It couldn't okay. be, we didn't want the same images of horse to be on another book cover. Right. That would compete with our work. So that's the whole thing about, uh, about that aspect of things. It's about not competing. So... Um, you know, you can drop your rights agreements to say, okay, you get the exclusive rights to do this, that, and the other with it, but I maintain the right to be able to show it at, um, at a conference, you know, to, to show the image at a conference, to 
create a greeting card to, you know, create a postcard to create a calendar or whatever it is, but that you won't do anything that competes with that person who's bought those rights from you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I think that you going beyond your Etsy store and um, and going beyond posting images online on Instagram or something like that and putting them out in the marketplace for sale will, like, uh, transform your energy from I do this for fun and free to I'm making money on this. It doesn't matter how much money you make. You just want to create that paradigm for yourself. And that would be the easiest way right now would be on Shutterstalker123RF.com. That, that's the easiest way to get some stuff out there. Um, I think it's the easiest, less risky way because you don't have to pay to do that. They pay okay, you. you don't. Oh, they, they pay. They would pay me. So, do I have to just go on there and read their whole agreement to see how that works, or do you know um, they pay you once your image is used, or or how does that work? Um, you'd have to go on there to look at how it works because it's going to be it's going to be different. Like, there's there's royalty free photography and images, and then there's rights managed. If you go on to the Getty site or the Shutterstock site, you'll see some images that are called rights managed. On a rights managed image, that photographer or that art creator is thinking that they only want that image to go on a select few items, that that image is going to be really good in corporate America, or it's going to be, you know, some publisher is going to pick it up um, and put it on a calendar or, or whatever. Um, but they want to have an ex- exclusivity about how their image is used. So Getty, for a fee, will manage the rights. So the fee that they get is when those rights are sold. Okay. So, and then when I go in as a publisher to license a, a rights-managed image from Getty, what happens for me is I go in and I say, okay, this is the use. I'm going to use it in a book. I'm going to use it only in North America, or I need global rights. Global rights cost more money. I'm going to have it on up to 500,000 books, or I want that to be unlimited. Unlimited is going to cost you more money. You see what I mean? Are you going to have it on a full page of the book or half a page inside the book? Full page inside the book costs more than half a page. Are you going to have it on the cover? On the cover costs more money than half a page or a full page inside the book. You see what I mean? So those are the rights. Then Royalty Free says, here's this image of a tomato. And you can use this image of the tomato and pay a flat fee for it, but other people can use this image of the tomato too. So if it was royalty-free, you could buy it and you could use it on a cover, but somebody else could buy it and use it on a cover too? Is that how that works? Um, On the royalty-free, you usually have to up your rights, uh, what you purchase on your rights more if you're going to use it on a book cover or any product that makes money. That's the whole key. If you use that image on a website, the website is not generating money. But if you take that picture of the tomato and you put it on a T-shirt and you're selling that T-shirt, 
then the fee goes up. If you're just using that tomato on your website, the fee is pretty small. If you're using it on something that's going to be a piece of merchandise that generates money, the tomato becomes a greeting card, the tomato becomes a t-shirt, the tomato becomes a book cover, you know, that kind of thing, then it costs more even on royalty-free for that image. Okay. So, okay. And, that, and that's what you get to choose when you put your photos up there. You get to choose which one you want to sell it as, the rights manager, the royalty-free one? I think if, if, I am, if I'm accurate here and, and um, that you would need first to have a reputation that people want your work. So you're going to need to go in first as a royalty-free gal. And then as you show that your images are popular with people, that they're selecting that, then you can go in and say, hey, I've got these new images, but on these, I've become so popular that I want to be more exclusive about who's using my work, so let's talk about a rights-managed deal. And then you have that power to be able to do that next. Okay. Okay. Then... The other thing I would do for you is while you're going to those trade shows and, and, and things of that nature, you, know, you need to build yourself up uh, like a portfolio of different things to be able to show. And with the technology that we have today, it's, it's super easy to be able to do that. I mean, we can do uh, on some of your images, and you can do your images with words. You know, do you have stores like Gordman's and Kohl's there around you? We have Kohl's here. Okay, um, go in there and look in their, in their art section at some of the, the canvases that they have, like canvases that are wrapped over the boards. And a lot of them are photography with just like a few beautiful words along with it that does that thing that inspires that person. You know, you can create a couple of prototypes for not very much money at all. You know, maybe it costs you $50 to create one prototype. And you take it to a show and you take orders for it and say, oh, okay, it's too big for you to carry around, so I'll ship it to you. Don't tell them that you've got to make it, you know, as you go. But, um, but you can do it and, and, you know, have that prototype to be able to show someone that you could do that canvas with those beautiful words on it. Have, you know, a couple of posters made. You can print a poster for a couple of dollars a piece. So for a little bit of money, you know, we're not talking about thousands and thousands of dollars. We're talking about, you know, maybe $500 of your savings that you could put together to make a portfolio of different things to show diversity and what you offer people. That you can go to shows so you can meet people like Doreen Virtue and make that connection and get to that other level. So... With you, what you're doing, like your publishing strategy, should be to get a lot of irons and different fires. Beyond Facebook, beyond Instagram, and the places where everyone else is thinking that they're supposed to be. And that's where I have, like, on social media. And I don't know how to step out into these shows. I know a lot of these shows, either you have to get accepted or... um, it, it costs money to get a booth, and I actually wasn't sure how to set up a a booth um, really with my photography. Um, I had kind of shied away from that because of maybe it's just a small market that we have here in Milwaukee. 
I didn't know what to do, but um, about going to New York and uh, getting into a, a trade show, I mean, how does that even work? How do you decide to do that? Or how do you, because I mean, that would be a, that'd be a haul for me to go do that. But is it really worth, worth going to? Because I know I've questioned it and other people have questioned how much it's worth going out there and, and meeting, how do you get thrown in the path of the people that that you want to, like a Dorian Virtue or, or somebody who's a, a famous author or something like that, how do you get thrown into the path of something like that, being at a show? Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, so there's a, if you want to be in the new age market, is that where you want to be, is in the new age market? I don't know what that means specifically, new age. Okay, so mean? new age market would be like Hay House author kind of market. Do you know who Hay House is? I know I'm familiar with it. Not not totally. I know some of the books from Hay House, but not a lot. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here in um in a lot of different markets, they have small they have smaller shows, and I'm sure that Milwaukee must have some some um, self help, self improvement, wellness kind of fair going on. And I'm pretty sure they have like a Mayfest artsy kind of fair, I would think, in your area, right? Um, there was one that we just had, um, and we have some different ones um, all around. Um, like I said, I'm not sure which is the best ones to go to because some are more small market uh, ones, and um, mm-hmm. I don't know how much they cost to get into, but we had a huge one at the Milwaukee Art Museum, but it's hard to get into that one. I've never actually been if I worked there, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, what, just, what, I would do, what I would do if I were you is I would make it my personal goal in the next six months to go as an attendee to three shows. Find a big one, a medium one, and a small one. And look around at people who have photography and other kinds of things to show at these shows. Look around at how they organize themselves. I have gone to tons and tons of shows, and I see how a lot of them do it. Um, I'm not sure how to do the setup. I know a lot of them have them in... um, in uh, frames, and then they have them set up with um, in in plastic cases, like already matted or not matted, and and mm-hmm. they sell it for different prices. And I don't know how a lot of sales that they make um, doing that. I haven't heard a great deal of feedback from that. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't heard. Yeah. I haven't heard of anybody with the going for the for the author thing either. I this is the first I've heard of this actually that that I could use my photos in publishing or, or as a cover or something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we do that all the time, you know. Um, all the time. It's like we did one book with Gather Inside that's called The Secret Garden. And inside that we partnered with a photographer in Hawaii. Her name is Costabella Cristianos. And uh, she did these great images for us that were layered Photoshop images of of different religious icons in beautiful states of being. You know, it's just gorgeous what she was able to do. And we paid her well for those for those photographs. You know? And how so, do you choose the how do you choose the price for that then? Um is it is it you that chooses the price? Because I wouldn't even know what the going rate would be. So how would I do that on my own or or is that something that the publisher chooses or 
an author came to me and said, I want to use your photos. How would I know how to choose like a going rate or to write up the right thing or, or anything I like tell that? You, I tell you what I would do. It's a like kind of price yourself into the marketplace as far as the rights go is I would go on to Getty Images and I'd start, you know, looking for some images that are similar to yours that, are, that have a little RM next to it, rights managed, and play with different formulas and see what, what price it gives you. Because the truth is, I have paid as little as $50 for an image, and I have paid as much as $2,000 for an image, one image, one photograph. It depends on the venue, you know. Um, I, I did a, I did a uh, book at Council Oak called The Toltec Prophecies of Don Miguel Ruiz. And we bought the rights uh, from this woman, her name was Linda Stilly, and she had four huge paintings. I mean, paintings that are like, you know, uh, six foot tall and three foot wide, huge paintings. And uh, what we did with that was we took photos of the painting because there were so many intricate details inside this painting and used them inside of a 120-page book, little clips and pieces of them. It was fantastic. I mean, it was just gorgeous the way that it turned out. So for her, we paid her $5,000 for that ride. Okay. So you see what I mean? I mean, it's like wide open. You know, if you're Ann Gettys and, you know, you've got your little cute pictures of kids, um, kids and uh, looking like fruit, <laughs> you know, like a watermelon, you know, she's going to demand a huge price structure for that because of her brand in the marketplace. So that's right. the truth. It just it varies greatly. And like, and did, like some of the some of the artists that I've worked with, you know, they've gotten as little as zero to be the cover of a a, a trade show magazine. They just gave them their art, and in turn, they got to be in front of like thirty thousand of the programs were, were printed, so their image was right there in front of 30,000 people. So that was free. It's kind of like a trade thing to, you know, $200 for a painting on a cover to, you know, it just it just varies. It varies. And you know, like, Alex, like Alex Gray, do you know Alex Gray's work? No, I don't. Okay, he's he's pretty big in the metaphysical circles, and he's got this whole place in in New York City called Cosmo. And his images, oh my God, you know they're they're all over the place in the New Age market right now, and he's demanding big bucks for it. You know, okay, it just varies. And you don't know if the sometimes probably the pe- person that sells it comes up with the price, and sometimes you just negotiate a price. Is that how it works? That's how it works. Okay. Yeah, cause like I said, I wouldn't know where to start, but it's called it's called GettyImages.com? dot com. Yeah, Getty Images, or just Google Getty Images. Okay. 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 And then you're going to get a whole bunch of other things on there because there's Shutterstock. It, that's the other one that's really big on the internet. And then one, two, three, royalty free uh, is the one I use for all of our images on our website. You know, um, but there's tons of them out there. There's a bunch of art management houses. So I would I would go there, and then um, 
as far as like going to a book publisher, okay, first you got to have your book together before you go to a publisher. Unless, you know, you end up, like, you know, one of the reasons why I thought, okay, it'd be great to marry you with an author that's already established, your photography with an author that's already established. I did a book at uh, Council Oak that's called Love Made Visible. And I, I had this um, proposal from a photographer that um, it, it was really interesting because she was a, a psychiatrist who, or a, I'm sorry, a psychologist who helped women as they gave up their babies for adoption. And her photography was of pregnant women. It was, you know, it was, it was wild. So she had like this, this kind of diary project, which wasn't right for what we were doing, but her photography was just really, really haunting. And then um, we were working with Paul Brenner, who's one of like the founding thinkers of the, of the whole New Age philosophy for psychiatrists. And he had written this one beautiful poem about uh, love made visible being, you know, the pregnant woman. And so I had this aha moment where I was like, okay, so we'll use Paul's poem and we'll use her images and we'll make a beautiful book. And we did. Okay. And so that's what I was thinking for you too. I mean, you know, because Paul already had the name out there in the marketplace. You know, he was running with a pack already, but she didn't have that. So, you know, it helped both of them, bringing them together, you know. It's and, still, okay, I was just wondering, um, so would that help to get your name out there if I did that with the photography first? Because I do have an idea for, for a book, and I wasn't sure where to go. I wasn't sure it was gonna, where this conversation was going to go, and I'm very thankful for everything that you've mentioned so far. Um, I just, and I, I thought to use my photography with some of my writings, like I mentioned, but I do have a lot of short stories and poems. And I'm not really sure where to go with them if I created a book. Um, I didn't know if we should start discussing that before I run out of time or if we should stick with the photography and working with um, your ideas that you could have for me. Um, well, let's, let's go ahead and move over to that because, you know, it's going to be really hard for me to address short stories or poetry without seeing any of it first. Uh, because, I mean, I could say, oh, your poetry would go really great at la di da di da but if if it wasn't the kind of poetry that Lottie, Lottie, Lottie wanted, then, you know, I would definitely be misleading you. So I'd have to see some of what it was before I could guide you on that aspect. Now, poetry in the marketplace, if you try to sell a book of poems to a publisher, unless you're entering a contest, you're pretty much screwed. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Unless, you know, it's like, unless you're, you're entering a contest, unless you're like, uh, the professor of literature at the University of Virginia or something like that. I mean, that's, they get real hoity-toity about their poetry. But where uh, poetry has a place is inside of greeting cards. And so, you know, that's a real great spot for them. Short stories, I mean, you could submit short stories to, uh, you know, someone else's blog. Um, on the internet, you could enter contests with them and that kind of thing. But unless I really knew about what it was um, that you were wanting to do writing-wise, because you could just say short stories and poetry, and it could be gigantic, 
what it is. Do you understand what I mean? In a way, I don't know. That, I don't know. Um, I kind of follow, but I don't follow because I've seen a lot of books out there. Well, not a lot, but I've seen books out there that have poetry and short stories in there, and that's not where I got the idea actually from. But um, but I know that there are books out there, and if I put it in a book format with um, it has poetry, it has short stories, and and basically what happened was when I really got really sick last year. Um, I wrote a lot from my soul. It was a lot of like automatic writing um, that I wound up doing, and it, it it came from a place where I can't explain exactly. And it's not—I wouldn't say it's like deep, deep um, stuff, but it's different. It's it's different ways, and it's 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 human form. It's souls. It's um. It's hard to explain in a short amount of time because I'm still mulling over some of it on what I'd want to release and what I wouldn't want to release. But would that sell in a book if I if I set up a book? You know, I kind of look at the old stuff. Um, there's a lot of the old old time books, not just novels, but fairy tales, poems. Um, I can't think of it offhand right now, but that used to sell, and I don't know how good that is in in today's market, or or if that would there would be a market for that or not. Well, in today's market, like for short stories and that kind of thing, it, the market still is magazines, whether they're online magazines or offline magazines, you know, real printed magazines, or anthologies is where most short stories are put, if they're in fiction form. So it, it, is what you've written, is it fiction? Yes, it is. It is and it's not. Um, it's really personal. Um, so. It is fiction, but it goes along with, um, I guess, the world, the universe. Um, it could be saying that it came from my soul. Um, but, but basically, the way it's going to be perceived is, is, is going to be perceived fiction. It's not the reality as of I went out and did this or did that. It just, um, it's really hard for me to explain, I guess, exactly how I wrote it. Yeah. Well, with short stories like that, like if you're going to sell short stories, short fiction stories, I mean, again, I mean, you're looking at uh, if a publisher is going to take a gamble on you, they're probably not going to take a gamble on you um, unless you're, you know, like Tom Clancy's short stories. You've already got a name in the marketplace kind of thing. Um, so it's a collection of his short stories or collection from, you know, this author or that author. Um, that's a both of those are real hard categories for a new person to break into without winning a contest. Okay. So so there's no publisher out there that you would think of. I know self publishing seems pretty difficult to do. So um is there I, no would publishing say, I don't I don't know any publishing houses that are gonna take on a group of short stories by an unknown author that has no following created that they can instantly sell those books to. Okay. Okay. And and the same goes for poetry. It's like, you know, for your focus right now, I think you should write, but I think that you should reach out at the same time and start broadening, you know, who you're running with. It's like, you know, if you want to, if you want to publish short stories, if that's like your ultimate goal is to publish short stories and have some of your photography enhance the, enhance the story itself or something of that nature, then 
you need to put yourself in situations where you're running with other writers. So um, what's the university that's there close to you? Uh, university, UWM, I guess, would be University of Milwaukee is the closest one, I would think. Yeah, well, you know, go online to their to their website and see what writers' events they have. I'm sure they have some classes there. I'm sure they have some lectures and that kind of thing. Um, you know, in Tulsa, we had something called the Celebration of the Book, and uh, that was awesome for me when I was first trying to break into the into the uh, field because I met lots of people there. Okay, and. And then those people led me to other things. I also joined a writer's group. Um, it was uh, the Oklahoma Writers Association. And that really helped me out because uh, there were events that I could go to and I could listen to other people talk about going down the path so I didn't get screwed in the long run. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, there's so many, I mean, with the contests, you know, contests are a great way to break into it. You know, if you're working with uh, someone like Writer's Digest magazine or it's a university that's holding the writing contest, but there's other contests that they write everyone who sends an entry to them that they're the best thing that's ever happened. Oh, my God, I can't believe your words are so amazingly wonderful, you know? And the only reason is because they want you to spend a thousand dollars with them or fifteen hundred dollars with them to be included in an anthology, but you'll get ten copies for yourself. Yeah. And so so you have to be careful of that too. Right, yeah, that's why I wasn't really looking I mean to enter a poetry contest. I think mine's more it's 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 very personable. Uh it's personal to me the where I don't want to it's not like I just went and wrote a poem. I mean, it came from my heart and soul. Um, basically, like I said, I wrote from my soul. So I don't want to use those. It feels like it cheapens it to go into a poetry contest. I could probably write something else um, mm-hmm. that I could do to send out to a poetry contest. But it's how do you get well-known enough um, to get a name out there, I guess, is is that. And I know you've given me some ideas so far. Um, but, yeah, how do you get a... a, a a, follow, a good following or, or a name well enough to, to go out there. I mean, is that the same for writing novels, like for people who write novels and if you're not well-known, um, they won't touch you? Or what do you think? Exactly, exactly. You know, that's, that's, what, that's what publishing has evolved to is before you move into the trade market, you know, there's like the, this whole self-published arena where people are, are publishing tons and tons of work, and they, they use Amazon Create Space, they use Smashwords, or uh, they publish on Kindle. You know, they're, they go through the program um, with Hay House. Oh, I can't even think of the name of their self-publishing program right now. It's totally evaded me. Anyway, they've got a self-publishing program too. Um, so there's like this level of the person that's breaking in, and that self-published author, what they're basically doing when they're breaking in is they're proving their marketability. They're proving that what they have is going to generate income. Okay? So they've built this number of people that are following them or they've tapped into a, a thread that really resonates with a lot of people. 
So then they move from being the self-published author to the trade market. And then the trade market takes them to a different level. The self-published author is not sanctioned by a publisher. There's not been someone who's vetted the information to make sure that it's accurate or whatever. So they're, they're pretty much free to say whatever they want to say. Then they go into the trade market, their message gets honed a little bit more, and then it gets presented out into the marketplace, and then it goes into all these different outlets to where they have more of an opportunity to reach a broader audience. And then that trade publisher takes it out into another market, the foreign market, and sells rights to it, and they're able to generate income from the rights that it sells in other countries. And then that publisher, that trade publisher, takes it out into a subsidiary market, so they might you know, make a, they may make a, a calendar, you know, that's extracts from, from a book. Heck, one time we had Celestial Seasonings Tea pay us for extracts from one of our books to put on their tea boxes. That was pretty cool. You know, or they make a, a commemorative plate or whatever from an image. But they, they use those subsidiary rights to leverage that per- person more and more in the marketplace. And Gettys is a great example of that. So she's got this great photography, it's turned into all this merchandise, okay? Part of that merchandise is calendars and books, big bucks, big bucks for them there. And then, you know, now she's a whole brand that people recognize globally. Thomas Kincaid is another one that did the same thing. Right. <laughs> so right now you're, you're, like, you're like a seedling here. Oh, my gosh. I know this is what I want to do with my life. And so now you've got to start walking that life. And so my, my message for you today would be get out there and associate with like-minded people. Okay. Look at what other people are doing and get yourself beyond Facebook and your Etsy store. Right, yeah, that's, that's what I figured. It just hasn't worked so well, or I just don't know where to go sometimes is all. But um, I know you've given me a couple ideas. It's just um, trying to manifest that into the world. That's what I need to do, into something tangible. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the other thing is just to get really, really clear. It's like when people see the name Heather, what will they associate with that name? You know, when you see the name Ann Gettys, you instantly see what she has to offer, right? Right. When you see Doreen Virtue's name, you know what she offers, right? I guess so. I didn't remember. I know the name, but I couldn't remember exactly what she does. Oh, angels, angels. If you see um, the name Tom Clancy, do you know what he offers? You know, it's like that's what you want to get to. That's your ultimate goal is that when people hear the name Heather, that this is what they think of. And so now you're just at that place. Okay, well now, you know, what the hell do I want people to think when they see my name? Right. And that's my question to you. What do you want them to, to think? Um, see, it's a tough question, isn't it? <laughs> it's a tough question. I mean, I know what I want it to entail. I mean, it's, I'm built on nature. That's basically, I mean, I'm built on inspiration and instincts. Basically, that's what I say about myself. But, um, you know. So write it down. Inspiration, instinct, nature. That's what you just said. Write that down. Because that's good. 
and it's just how to marry that into something tangible or something physical. But, um, you know, I think that when when people see me, the people that know me, um, I'm betting that that's three words that they could use to to describe me or what they think about, um, like with my landscape photos and um, and just me as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what about? Okay, uh, I'm gonna go just a couple minutes along with you. Um, you're saying that you're working with the animal shelter. Yes. And what do you do with them? You know, I only did one specific, uh, well, I did a couple things, but one specific one, um, they're, they're a nonprofit organization for rescue animals. Um, they had, um, I happened to volunteer, and they asked me to be a model in one of their shows. And so I say, oddly enough, it probably was just meant to be, um, I met one of the rescue dogs. Um, she has a wonderful story, and they asked me to be a model of, representing nature, Nature's Pathways. It's a magazine. I think it might be just local to, to Wisconsin, but I'm not sure. But it was wearing a beautiful dress, um, being a sponsor for, or sponsored by Nature's Pathways. And I was on the news and, and represented the whole uh, fashion show. Um, but that's the only thing that they had specifically as a, a charity event so far. Um, I know they mentioned that there's some use for photography. I did take some photos, but when being in the fashion show, I couldn't take the photos of the fashion show. Um, but um, So I haven't done a whole lot with them, but I've taken some photos, and I was in a fashion show representing nature. And they used some of my photos for the backdrop um, of the runway show. And you adopted a dog? I have not adopted a dog. I have two cats already that are rescue cats. So I'm more of a cat person than a dog person. It just so happened to be a, a dog show. Um, but uh, they did adopt out a couple dogs that way. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, what I was going to say is, like, you know, like following Melissa Harris's philosophy of what makes money. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Joanne Jack that, that I work with also through Gather Insight is, like, her publisher that she worked with, Tennessee Press, they don't want any more books on dogs because cat books sell better than dog books. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a cat on angel statues in the cemetery. Wow. How cool could that be? Really? Cats and angels. You know, calendar. You see what I'm saying here? Right. Very marketable. Okay. Okay. So something that's different and unique, basically? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go to the cemetery with cats. Okay. Take pictures with them. <laughs> that, that'd be something different. That's an idea. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, the reason I say that is because, like, uh, who is the PR gal I was talking to not long ago says, you know, if you really want to get a following, just buy, you know, keep it, have a dog and post pictures of your dog. Because people share dog and cat pictures more than anything else on Facebook. Oh, I didn't realize that. I didn't either. They don't want to see your grandkids or your kids or anything like that. They want to see your cats and they want to see your dogs doing stupid things. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. 
stuff. So anyway, just a, just an idea. Okay. And so, you know, then you could come up with this whole cat persona that goes along with you um, where the cat in the cemetery is giving you some insights and you could try writing from your inner kitten, you know, voice and see what she has to say, like your alter ego. Could be a lot of fun. Okay, that that sounds interesting. Yes, that's... Uh... Do you think more with the poetry, um, it would go it would go with my photography, and that I should do something like this Melissa Harris's with um, canvas? And I wouldn't even. I mean, I have poetry on my with my photos, but I don't know what to do with it right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if you want to put a couple of greeting cards together or something like that, you know, I can help you with that. You know, just to just edit it and help you get it laid out to where it looks nice. And then you can print them wherever and sell them wherever you want to, you know. Um, but I can I can surely help you with things like that. But I'm thinking, like, if you want to do something branded that would be marketable right now, that, you know, if you combine animal with the things that you already enjoy very much, which is the landscape or something like that, it's like, you know, um, did you, did, uh, do you have children? No, I don't. Okay. Um, when my kids were little, we had these books that were called the Mercer Mayer Little Critter Books. And, okay. um, yeah, these little critter books, it's like, you know, following the, the hero all the way through the book. The hero was a mouse, by the way. Or not a mouse, but it was like this critter-looking thing. It kind of looked like a hybrid between a, a person and a dog and a cat, you know, kind of thing. But this little mouse was always in the picture, and so... You know, the kids and I would always have to look at the pictures really close to be able to find the mouse. And uh, Thomas Kincaid used to hide his wife's name in all of his paintings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like that kind of hook is what I'm, what I'm guiding you toward. You, okay. you need your, you got your thing, you got a great eye, you got a cool angle that you do. Now add something else that makes it very unique. And then add one more thing so you become something very different. And, yeah, use it as a venue to, to be able to make money and use it as a venue to be able to express your creativity and get paid for it. And do, do you do children's books or is, is that not something that you normally do? Oh, uh, we do. We, we have a whole slew of different things that we do. Okay, because that was another idea that I had with one, with some of my poetry and short stories. It could be turned into a children's book. And what I thought yeah. about is using children's book with my photography, but then again, I wouldn't know how to get into that either unless I would just show you or send you. Would I just send you, like, a man, I don't know if I managed to put the story and then you'd, have, you'd see if it was something you would want to use or would be viable, or how would that even work? Um. Well... You know, children, children's book would go into a whole different dynamic because, um, you know, with kids' books, you've got to be able to be marketable to the schools. So, like, the secret to, to having super success with any kids' book is to get a uh, review with library, school library journal because once you get a review with them and if it's favorable, then you're in all the schools. But most of the kids' books, with rare exception, um, that I have seen lately are illustrated, not photography. 
Right. And that's why so, I know that a lot of them are illustrated, so I thought the difference could be with photography, possibly. Um, mm-hmm. But I know there's some drawings in that, too, that I have ideas with. It's just about the whole thing about getting it into a book, but it almost seems like this seems, I don't want to say stamping my spirits at all, but just to, if you're not well-known, it seems like you can't get published. That's what it's kind of seeming like right now. Well, yeah, it's disheartened a lot of people, but I'm not going to, you know, shoot shoot you full of air and tell you I'm any glad. different. Right. <laughs> and tell you any I'm... different. It's not an easy journey to be a writer, and it's not an easy journey to be a successful author. But you got to, you know, the, the two things that we've talked about today that I think are most important for you is to develop new relationships doing what you do. Right now, your life is about other things other than your passion. That's, you know, how you generate your money comes from a business that came from your mom, right? Right. That's something that you're really not interested in, and it doesn't congeal with what you're doing right now. So you need to clean up and get out of the cleaning (laughs) and, and learn to clean up in other ways. And the way you do that is by, okay, so you got to have a following. Well, start. Right. Start. You know, get yourself out there. Get your get your work on a couple of different websites. Start going to writers' conferences. Start going to shows as a participant, looking at other people's things and uh, using their what they've done for their booths as inspiration. Talk to the people who are organizing the show and find one that you can afford and try it. Um, it doesn't matter if you screw that up or if you do super good the first time. Super good would be great, but you'll probably screw it up a little bit and then you'll learn something and then you got to get back on the horse again and go to another show. Right. And then after a while, you'll become very comfortable because it's like the thing I see most authors go through that's really difficult for them in the very beginning is getting is closing the sale with someone when they want to buy their book very hard. Okay. That's what I figured. It's very hard. Okay. It's very hard for them to go, okay, yes, here's my book. It will be $20. Oh, thank you. You know, and and to take the $20 bill and, and put it away because, I mean, there's just, just so much emotional debris in that, you know? Okay. Yeah. So here's my message to you again today. Okay. Get out there and make new relationships and start snooping around at different shows and then get yourself into a show. Think about the whole kitty cat thing because that's a pretty good idea. Okay. Kitty cats in cemeteries. Not Halloween-y, but, you know, um, just inspirational in some way, you know. Um, And start writing with the voice of your inner feline, I really feel that for you. Uh, will be very... I feel like if you start writing from the voice of your inner feline, that some of your things with your physical health will stop. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's just like, you know, the cat's scratching it wants to get out. That would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you have to lay in bed and write, do it. Right. 
Okay. And don't worry about, uh, you know, creating a following. Don't worry about that being an, uh, something that impedes you from the journey of, of writing and putting things together, you know. It's part of what is expected in the marketplace. And so we accept that that is part of what is accepted in the marketplace, that you've got to have a following in order to be a viable component in the marketplace. And you can start doing those things that help you make that transition to being a viable component in the marketplace. Okay. Okay. Well, I hope this is helpful to you. You can you got the uh, the email with the link to the call, right? Yes, I think that has the the link on it. Um, I'm pretty sure that if if you wanted to, yes, it does have a link on there. Okay. Good. Because what I would suggest that you do is, because like right now, the rest of this afternoon, I think you're probably going to be just like thinking about a whole bunch of different things. But wait a, wait a couple of days, maybe even a week, and come back and listen to this again. Okay. And you'll get more, and you'll get more, and you'll get more. But if you want to do another session, let me know. We can talk about it more. Um, if you want me to take a look at some of your work, I can do that too. I do... Um, you know, like a couple of different things with, with people. I do development reviews of existing manuscripts and um, let them know what direction I think they should go. I do a lot of different things. So, you know, just shoot me an email and let me know what you need and I'll, I'll see what if I can help you out or if I can lead you to somebody else who can help you out. And it, does that all cost money for you to review um, all that stuff or, or anything at all? Does it, um, is it something that costs money? Yeah, that's how I make a living. That's what I figured, but I just wanted to ask <laughs> because some people, it depends on what you're doing, if you want to take a look at something to to see if it can be published or if you're trying to give me, I know if you're trying to give me advice, then I'm sure that's, um, that costs money, but... So basically, if I had an idea and I wanted you to take a look at something, then you'd let me know how much that costs? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me what you need, and then I'll tell you uh, what my fee structure would be. And then, you know, if you, need, if you need some help or, you know, like you need to pay it off or something like that, we can do that too. You know, I can tell you that my, my fee for, like, doing a development review of books or concepts vary from $250 to $500. It just depends on how much I need to do research-wise when I'm looking at it. If, if, if by chance, I know you said that it's not worth, you know, or we're not saying not worth it, but it's hard if, if I'm not well-known. But if I had something, like, completely together with these, these poems and stories and I wanted you to read that um, and give me your, I don't know, opinion on it, um, how much would that cost? It would, it would be in that range of 250 to 500 just depending oh, on how just, long it is. Just to read it. Well, not just to read it, because what I, what I would do is I would read it and I would make written recommendations, and then I'd do a session with you for an hour, an hour and a half long session after I read it, and I go over the notes with you and, you know, help you clarify what direction that you're going into. So it's, it's a lot more detailed than just reading it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know what what um, what yeah, that would I can't, be. I can't just do like a read of something and then shoot someone off an email real quick and say, you know, whatever. I don't really think anyone can do that, um, and and be in integrity. 
you know, because there's so many variables that come into it, so many variables, you know, where someone is, what they're doing, what their market is, you know, um, there's so many variables, what the market is for whatever it is that they're writing about, you know, is it glutted or, you know, are, are people looking for a fresh voice there? Okay. Well, that gives me something to think about in case that I get this completed and uh, want an opinion or, you know, some somebody who uh, who can read it and give me some direction on it. Yeah, yeah. Just give me a give me a email and I'll I'll let you know what I can do to help. Okay, that sounds great. All right. Well, it's great to meet you. Yes, you too. Is thank you for all your assistance. Okay. Have a great day. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.